This is GSAP Conversations from the Graduate School of Architecture, Planning and Preservation at Columbia University in New York City. I'm Dean Amal Andraus. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Shweetama from the AD program. And I'm Yuling from the Embark program. Welcome back to GSAP Conversations. This week, we are listening to Dean Amal Andraus in dialogue with architect Marina Tabossum. This conversation took place in advance of the annual Kenneth Frampton lecture here at GSAP. Marina Tabossum is the founder of Dhaka-based Marina Tabossum Architects. Her work has established a contemporary architectural language in Bangladesh that is locally rooted. We learn about how her design-oriented studio take a firm stance on the path of resistance in building an unconventionally diverse portfolio. We also hear about how she creates architectural design that respects local communities, context, and the civic aspects of city life. Thanks for listening. Marina, it's a great pleasure to have you with us here at the school. I've heard so much about you. The work is just exquisite. Um, but beyond just the beauty uh, of it, I think that there is really a sense of purpose and, and mission, and it's quite inspiring to think of an architect you know, making decisions about her practice in terms of the kinds of work she's going to accept and to commit you know, your process to thinking about um, and engaging issues of climate, issues of resiliency, migration, place, history, um, and uh, and you you know often mention that you don't see architecture as a commodity, mm-hmm. uh, that it's more than that. So I wanted you to share about with us more about this perspective and also you know how does it work your this level of commitment and how have you been able to achieve that resistance in a way to the forces uh, that keep pushing us often in a different direction. I think our students. Um, are really looking for these kinds of models that you represent. So, thank you, Amal. It's an absolute pleasure to be here, and um, you know this is my first time in Colombia. So, uh, thank you so much. It's an absolute honor uh, to have this invitation, especially from Kenneth Frampton. Of course. <laughs> so, um, Professor Frampton had a lot of uh, contribution, I must say. Um, it's when you grow up in a country which is you know, outside of the West, let's yes. say, but your upbringing is, is so much influenced by the Western notion that you, in a way, grow up confused. Um, to some extent, you either try to imitate um, what the West is yes. all about and, in a way, getting uh, to a position where you lose your localness. Yeah. And again, there are also people who react to it in a very different way and, um, you know, sort of trying to be completely the other. So in a way, I think when I read about his ideas of critical regionalism, in a way that for me was a sort of a a revelation in many ways where I could find a mediation between these two different positions. And gave me a way of exploring and extracting what is, let's say, local, yes. but at the same time, you know, your existence as a universal human being as well. So uh, so I think that's when I started looking into what is local, what is it that you can extract. Um, so in terms of architecture language, that's how I tried to develop. And, and in many ways, if you look at all the architecture, what I talk about commodity, is architecture as a product um, has 
quite often not been able to grasp these ideas what is absolutely quintessential of architecture. So for me that just didn't feel like the right way or the right path. So I decided to you know, take this path of resistance and, and try to create a language of architecture which would be much more rooted to where I am based. And so, yeah, so on one way of doing this practice, I mean, after 10 years of being a partner in an uh, office, when I started my own, the first thing was that I would like to choose projects on which is, you know, kind of gives me a challenge, but at the same time excites me. Um, there's a possibility of a certain research, uh, and at the end, the outcome is something, you know, rewarding in many ways. So that's why. I decided to uh, limit the number of projects that we do in the office and that means that you're, uh, in terms of administration and management, you need to keep your office yeah. of a certain size, size so that it does, doesn't become a burden on you. So office is a certain size, we don't grow more than 10 people and, uh, and yeah, so that's how I've tried to sort of keep it within a manageable format. It's very interesting these days when we think about impact, uh, and I'm thinking about the question of scale, the scale of the, how do we think about scale in the age of climate change? And, you know, we just had the largest youth demonstration um, ever, I think. Mm -hmm. um, it's so interesting that it was started by one young you right. know, woman, a young girl, and, and yet has kind of become this hopefully you know movement that is not stoppable and as architects we deal with scale all the time and yet I'm sure sometimes when you're working on one project at a time do you wonder is this enough is the impact enough and yet you're here mm -hmm. so um, you know the, this question of uh, often as architects we tend to uh, be forced into scales that that feel um, uncomfortable but it, it is as if there's no other you know, other way. And so I, I guess my question is a little bit about this sense of impact, uh, given, you know, given the the urgency of the, you know, and I think of Bangladesh as being, you know, unbelievably sort of fragile, you know, uh, do, you, do you feel tempted sometimes to uh, work at, at a different scale or scale up or, you know, or, or, or do you feel like the impact of one building can resonate, you know, beyond in terms of the ideas. Yeah, well, I don't think the scale, um, I wouldn't mind going larger scale, yeah. doing projects which has much larger spa uh, scale, uh, but I don't think I've been offered any. I, wouldn't, I, don't, I really wouldn't mind uh, exploring, and I'm sure there are definitely ways of, of um, doing projects which are of larger in scale and at the same time create an impact. Uh, with the smaller projects that we've done, I think the way I see it, I mean, even if it's a small building, quite often even a small building has a larger impact, shows much more about a place uh, and architecture than at times in a larger scale project, it gets diluted and the message somehow right. just is not there anymore because there's so much of, um, you know, the other aspects that you need to look into that quite often small buildings right. gives that powerful impact than a larger project. But, you know, I have no... No, <laughs> um, no reservation. Yeah, oh, no reservation great. about Good. that. Yeah. Good. So I was, I was, of course, everybody knows your beautiful Beta Roof Mosque and 
and just even just from the images that we see, uh, it seems like a wonderful place to to kind of recenter one oneself. Um, but I was very interested also uh, in the uh, in the resort, the the, the Panigram Eco Resort, because mm-hmm. when one hears Eco Resort, one thinks exactly of yeah. a certain type of project and a certain drive. Um, uh, and yet this seems like a completely different mm-hmm. uh, project, and I know you'll be sharing with us later, but I wanted yeah. to hear more about how... It seems like not only the architecture is different, mm-hmm. but also the approach to to, uh, right. to this question of resort. Yeah. Well, yes, that, that project for me was quite different in the sense that when it came to me, of course, in the very delta, it was absolutely the heartland of Bangladesh. And you don't see any kind of architecture in the sense of the big A architecture. You don't see that anymore, not in that area at least. It's a very different atmosphere. So when I went there as an architect, I really didn't know exactly how to approach. And so in many ways, it felt like it should be a process Mm -hmm. rather than a design. Mm -hmm. Um, So instead of creating a new kind of an architectural language, I decided to design the process where I could engage the locals and there is so much wisdom in the land to sort of understand what it is all about, how people live. And, you know, if you talk about eco, uh, it is there. Yes. (laughs) There's nothing to invent anymore. It's about extracting what is already there and to create something or to celebrate it in a certain way. So we basically designed the process, um, engaging people, bringing in the and then understanding how they build and to take those process and then to make it you know sort of appropriate in our own context and the way we would like to build and so engaging everybody and at the same time it's a process where not only the villagers come and build the buildings but it's also about their own uh, environment and how they live Uh, so we've tried to they also have aspirations and how you create that aspiration and give them something better as a living environment. That's where we try to also focus on. So we did craft diversification workshops. We've created savings groups where they can, so, and they have maps of their own uh, villages now. So we've done quite a bit of that. That's really. So that, you know, there is no boundary between the resort and the villages surrounding it. It's more of a connected uh, place so that they feel that it's a place of their own. Right, you know. and that that's amazing. Do you do, has it changed your thinking about architecture also in terms of process? I think it did. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I think it did in many ways. In fact, in the '90s, after graduation, let's say the way I used to think about architecture, it was almost dictatorial. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> like you know everything, yes. architect knows everything. So this architect and layman, which yeah. we used to hear a lot. Yeah. Um, really? I mean, yeah, obviously, yeah. when we stu- studied architecture, there was something called layman and there was this architect who was the superior being. Um, Usually white, notion, male. You know, I mean, that notion uh, doesn't exist anymore, right. really. Right. I mean, you have to you know, respect people, the way they live. The, it's, architecture is all about human and people. That's what we are here to do. Uh, and if we remove ourselves from that in a way we restrict right. our uh, ourselves into the desk based uh, architecture which i do not think yeah. is relevant anymore yeah. in our time so so yeah so basically um, so that's also that's something great. of an importance i think yeah what are your favorite projects right now or even things that are not yet happening or or what would you yeah. love to 
to work on? Or? Well, at the moment we are designing one project, which is which I will not be showing because it's still uh, in the phase of designs, which is a, a mosque and a cyclone shelter and a health hub all together. So once I did one mosque, I haven't built any mosque after that, but I did get a lot of offers yes. to build, but I tried to restrict <laughs> not to become a Specialist, mosque architect. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, so, but this is an interesting project where, you know, what I was trying to address in the Baitaruf Mosque is uh, that a mosque can be used in many other ways, rather only not for prayer. So, uh, in a way, this came with that idea that it could be, it's in the coastal area where it's a very cyclone-prone area, so, um, uh, so there is, uh, there it can also act as a cyclone shelter, a health hub, so that people can regularly come for different kind of health checkups because there is no health uh, facilities right. there so and and so in a way um, to see to show that a mosque can also right. uh, have all these other activities and mosques it. used to be, used to be completely yeah, embedded with, within yeah. the fabric and yeah. schools and yeah. community yeah. spaces and yeah it was almost a community center yes, right. always yeah, even right. if there was administration judicial yeah. activities there's so many things that I used know. to take place in the old and times. somehow they've been yeah. we imagine they've been stripped yeah. so it's very exciting that you're thinking about yeah, highlighting those exactly. aspects. I mean, Dhaka has, especially Bangladesh, you know, has so many mosques and tiers and tiers, like four, four story, eight story mosques. And it's only used five times a day. Yeah. And the rest of the time it's just empty. And in a country like Bangladesh, you can't afford where that. You cannot afford that. Yeah. You're also the academic director of the Bengal Institute for Architecture and um, Landscapes and Settlements in Dhaka. How long have you? Well, we basically started very new. It's a. Uh, it's we started in 2015. Okay. So Kazi Yes. You know him. So he's basically the director general. Okay. So and I'm the academic director. So we basically it's it's a kind of a platform where, and especially in Bangladesh, we have many schools, architecture schools that offer undergrad programs, but not really good uh, uh-huh. graduate programs. Our idea is not to have graduate program because it's not a university or not affiliated, but what we do is we give short courses um, in a way to create a certain, uh, to give architects, especially young architects, uh, different kind of um, workshops and courses so that they are ready for the enormous challenges that we have ahead of us, especially Dhaka being such a, you know, one of the densest cities in the world. And so we bring in professors uh, from different parts of the world, uh, practicing architects, and it's a kind of a multidisciplinary platform where it's not just about architecture, but also planning uh, and allied uh, disciplines. And we also have a research part where we uh, take on research on different parts of Bangladesh. Uh, In a way, our idea, or especially the way Mazar al-Islam, our um, first architect, and in a way you can say the father of architecture, Bangladesh. So he basically had this idea that we have such small land and there's so much of water, we need to design the entire country in a way to plan it. So so that was our, um, in a way, um, inspiration. And that's what we decided to start working on. So we do also design small towns, like oh, take the small towns and 
have uh, have them designed in a way that so the academy can, is involved in yeah, kind so, of so in a way that's what we do the research wing and the academic part we that's sort of amazing. try to create these different ideas i have to say as much as we you know i think there's a lot to learn for uh, universities you know of our scale like columbia it's hard, it's become so hard to engage you know, with that level of, you know, reality. Right. And I, it's really interesting to think about more agile units being mm-hmm. able to uh, really contribute. So so another inspiration we should look at. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I think it's, it's, it's uh, I think we're doing quite well in terms of, you know, all the different activities that's happening. It's, it's important for us, uh, especially, you know, we have such an, a, a good amount of architects coming out every year. Well, of course, there is the curriculum, but outside of the curriculum, there's so much that you need to learn. And when you are an architecture student, you're just so much focused to architecture that you don't see the other things. And nowadays, especially landscape, architecture, nothing is separate anymore. Everything is intertwined and, you know, overlapping with one another. So you need to understand that. And so basically, that's what we are trying to do that, you know, bring it all together in one table. Absolutely. We're, we're trying to do that as well, mm-hmm. but it's even harder to er- erase the, the boundaries that were created over the last decades. Marina, it's wonderful to have you. I know our students are thrilled and so is the faculty and really looking forward to seeing the gorgeous images and hear you talk about them. So thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. This podcast was produced by Columbia GSAP. You can find more information about the school on our website at arc.columbia.edu.